Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Eating Alone in My Car show with your host, So Sad Today. Oh, I'm like, uh, oh, be, oh, being alive, isn't it grand? It's like such a slog, you know? It's just like, being alive is just like such a slog. It's like, wait, more? Wait, more? Like, still more? Like, more? It's kind of, it's actually the way I feel about, like, writing um, novels and, and screenplays coming from a poetry background. I'm like, wait, something else needs to happen? Wait, like, another thing? Like, I'm always, like, shocked by how much, like, action, like, how much stuff has to happen. That's sort of also how I feel about life. I'm like, wait, it's still going? Like, we still need more? Like, I, like, I kind of, I don't know. Just it would be nice if life was like a poem, just like condensed and like, you know, meaty and then like you're done, you know, and and I don't know. They they say that a good poem. I don't know whose they is. Some professor I had said that um, some professor I had said that like a good poem, it's like like when you read the end, you like immediately go back into the beginning you know, you, it like kind of almost like launches you back, like, or either you want to go back and read the beginning or you're sort of, there's a cyclical element, right? Like you don't want to end it like with finality, um, the grand gesture. Um, but I always, I don't know. I always like endings, like I always write them and then like kind of do the mid, like I'm, I sort of do like, I do like cookie cookie and then creamy filling, because like I'm scared that I'm not going to be able to like get my ending so I'm like okay so a lot of times with poems like I'll like end too quickly and then I gotta like zhuzh back in the middle I haven't written a poem in a while though I think I'm gonna get back back in back in that game I need to be reading some poems too um what have I been reading lately I've I uh let me let me take a look at my little I keep a little listy um I read, um, I finished Serotonin by Michelle Ulebeck. That was a recommendation from my friend Daniel. I really liked it. Um, I liked it. What can I say? Um, I feel like you're not supposed to like Ulebeck or whatever, but I don't know. I liked it. Um, I read Garth Greenwell's book, Cleanness, and I fucking loved it. It was so beautiful. Um, there's a, there's an essay in there called, um, the Little Saint. That's like literally, or it's not an essay. It's a short story. Um, it's a fucking miracle. That piece is a fucking miracle. I really enjoyed cleanness. Um, I've also been hitting Philip Roth pretty hard just in, in doing the final edits on my book Milk Fed. I just wanted to sort of be steeped in the Jews. I reread Sabbath Theater, which if you've never read Sabbath Theater, it's a gefilte fishy delight. Um, and then I also read, um, the ghost writer, which is like his first in the Nathan Zuckerman trilogy. Really my fave. I don't know. I love goodbye Columbus. Good Sabbath theater is just like, it's just such a treat. Um, and I hadn't read that in years. So I reread that. Um, I don't even remember the last time I recommended books. Um, let's see. Uh, in the beginning of the year, I read a book called die my love by Ariana Harwick's um, which I loved as well. Die, so I'd say, yeah, the books, die, I'd say like, if I was going to wreck, if I was going to wreck, I'd say like, die my love. If you're like, um, if you're like a woman who sort of lives in like a fractured state of terror, um, slash you feel confined by like domesticity or marriage or, 
um, like child rearing. It's like if you've ever if if you want to like take a journey into like your own like wild sort of I'd say it's like it's like an it's almost like a long postpartum journey but as someone as a childless MILF I very much enjoyed it you know um I very much enjoyed it if you if you've read the book um uh The Lost Daughter by Elena Ferrante um and you loved it I'd recommend this book really if you like Elena Ferrante except for like the Neapolitan ones I feel like that I don't know the Neapolitan ones of Elena Ferrante are never are haven't been my favorite but if you I love a crazy bitch you know I love a bitch on the edge bitch about to lose it. That's like my genre. You know, that's like the genre bitch is about to lose it. Like I'll read something and then like someone else I know will read it and they'll be like, God, that was so depressing. Or like that was fucking harrowing. And I'm like, really? Um, so yeah, so die my love recommending it to, uh, to crazy, to crazy bitches like myself, serotonin. Um, I don't know who I'd wreck it for. You know, it's weird. That book in a strange way reminded me a little bit like the way I felt reading it reminded me a little bit of the way I felt reading my year of rest and relaxation, I, which is a book that I loved. Um, and actually, um, I, I, I don't know what it is. Like I'm trying to put my finger on it, but just something about like the way the narrative unfolds and that sort of like an enclosed narrative. Um, and like, he does a lot of like venturing back. I don't know. It just, if you liked my year of rest and relaxation, you might enjoy Serotonin um, by Michelle Ulebeck. Um, But if you, like, don't want to, like, if you, like, don't want, like, to hear a woman called, like, a slut, like, you, by a man, like, don't read it then, you know? Like, if you have problems with, like, a man, called, like, being, like, that slut, like, don't, definitely, probably not a good idea. Um, and then Cleanness by Garth Greenwell, it's definitely a very, it's a very dick-heavy book. Um, there's a lot of cock. Um, it's like cock and purity. It's like cock and like, um, holiness, you know, and shame and it's antithesis. It's stunning. So if you like, if you like those themes, if you, if you love cock, if you love holiness, if you love the cock in its holiness, if you love uh, sort of like the the ways we can kind of like burn through our 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 own shame, uh, burning through our own shame, um, and if you like to read about uh, detailed um, sort of I don't know if you like if you like writing about sex that um, is very detailed um, and very though sort of at the same time very I, I keep wanting to say holy. There's something very holy about that book, which makes sense because he talks about having some spent some time in a Catholic back, background. But um, yeah, then that might be a good bookarooski for you. So those are my wrecks. Uh, Die my love, cleanness, and serotonin. I've also been in like a Fleur Yegi phase, which I, I really am enjoying a lot of her books. Fleur Yegi. Um, and of course, still reading Marguerite de Roth. I think I'm going to end up reading like all of her shit by the end of the year. Um, I just, every time I see a new, I, I'm like always on eBay and like they're, I feel like she wrote like a hundred books. She wrote like so much shit. Um, oh, what am I eating? You know, it's, it's barely worth mentioning, but I'm having, um, I'm just having a blueberry yogurt, I'm having a blueberry Greek yogurt. Um, it's creamy. 
I feel like the thing about blueberry yogurt is like it's strawberry yogurt's uh, darker, more deadly cousin. Like I, f- I'm I'm sort of usually more inclined to go with the strawberry. Like there's something I think the pink. I love pink. There's something about the color that like. I don't know. It just like, it feels very safe and like smile. Like it feels very Care Bears to me. Like a strawberry yogurt is like so beautiful. Like a pink strawberry yogurt. Like it's kind of just everything I wanted as a child. You know, everything I wanted as a child was pretty much a a pink strawberry yogurt. I think like my mom thought yogurt was like, even yogurt, bitch. She thought yogurt was like too fattening or whatever. So like yogurt was definitely, yogurt was also like granola bars. Like we didn't, weren't allowed granola bars. So like yogurt and granola bars got elevated to like an an exciting food. And I definitely, I know when I was in nursery school, I've told the story of how I stole a girl's, part of a girl's lunch um, and then tried to trade her back part of her lunch for the rest of her lunch. Um, I, but, and I remember there were two items that I remember, but I don't remember which was the one I stole and which was the one I tried to trade it for. But it was a Dannon vanilla, full fat, but not Greek. Cause they didn't do that at the time. Yogurt It was a Dannon vanilla yogurt. And it was, um, like a chicken leg, like a cold drumstick. And I either like went into the coat room and like stole the drumstick and ate some of it and then tried to trade her that for the yogurt or I ate half the yogurt and tried to trade her that for the drumstick and I cannot remember which one was which but so but strawberry yogurt to me it just feels very like strawberry shortcake like I like girly shit you know strawberry yogurt's very girly shit like it's just I don't know like I I have this bookcase at home and and it's it's like everything I love like on it is my books I've got candles ponies, my old briar horses from when I was a kid, um, and crystals, you know, like I love that shit. Like, I'm like, let me just like live in like some fairy fucking land, like a magical fairy princess world, you know, crystals, candles, model ponies and books, you know, and some strawberry yogurt. But, but I went with blueberry. Occasionally I will, I'll stray and I'll just be like, and I'm always surprised by how much I love the blueberry. It's like, it it does feel like a sort of a more threatening, you know, like, uh, like in terms of, I I can only describe it as like in terms of books, strawberry yogurt is the more like palatable commercial sort of, um, goes down easy. Whereas I always think of blueberry as like, oh, this one's going to be more challenging. It's going to be more of an, it's the experimental yogurt. You know, it's, it always seems to me like, oh, it's going to be, it's experimental. I I feel like a little bit more of a sadness, even just, it's, it's more to grapple with. But then I eat the blueberry yogurt and I'm like, oh no, this is really nice. Like this is a really friendly, it's a really friendly, loving, rich, sweet yogurt, you know? And that's how I feel about this. This is, the brand is from um, Aldi, which is a supermarket that I just discovered that I love. I'm very into it. Um, It's like sort of like a I never even knew it existed. It's like Trader Joe's. I'm, my, my cousins, when they were in town, introduced it to me. And they described it as like Trader Joe's stepsister. But one thing I love about it is it reminds me of like a European supermarket. Like it just has sort of like odd European vibes. And I've been really feeling a hunger to um, be like not here. I mean, I, I never want to be here. Like I never want to be in my body. But I've been feeling like... I don't know, maybe it's because I've been reading just so many French books. Like, I I know that if I were in Paris or France or Italy even, like Rome, I love Rome, I know that I would just want to be here, like literally, like in my car, 
driving around Los Angeles. Like I know that, but, but because I'm in my car driving around Los Angeles, I, I want to be, uh, not, I want to be in, I want to be in Europe. And so, you know, Aldi gives me a little taste of that. Plus they have great half sour pickles. The half sour pickles are so good. And like, everything's pretty cheap. Like it's really cheap. Um, and they have like fun, like fake cereals. Like they have like fake version of Frosted Flakes and like fake version of Fruit Loops. And it's fun. It's good. And they also have something that's like a faux halo top, phalo top. And it's like way cheaper. So I'm, I'm kind of into that. The mint chocolate chip one's really good. So anyway, shout out Aldi. There's not one super close to me though. So it's like more of a destination wedding situation. But um, but I'm into it. So I got this blueberry yogurt from Aldi. I, I got a couple of strawberries. They were excellent. Very, very soothing and, and sweet. Did not disappoint. But, you know, now I'm on the blueberry. What can I say? I'm a gambling woman. You know, I'm a gambling woman. I like variety. Um, I actually don't like variety. I like do and eat the same shit basically every day of my life. But um, but in theory, you know, I'm a risk taker. So somebody wrote in to me um, with a request, which I actually love. I love when people request a topic because then, I don't know, it just like tethers me to something, you know? Like it just makes the, I, the, the energy, which I feel that I don't have, to do this, um, like it gives me the, it's like, oh, okay. I, it, it grounds it. It contextualizes it. You know, it's sort of like a, like the way that Sephora can contextualize life for me. Although lately I, I just feel like, I don't know. My lip balm quest is still going on. I'm still, um, I'm still like, you know, I'm still in that shit, but, um, I just don't like, I just feel like I'm like, I feel like I've just like, like I've spent, like, I feel like I've spent all the time at Sephora that like my life has like the capacity for, you know what I'm saying? Like at a certain point you can even bottom out on Sephora and maybe that has happened, happened to me. Um, but anyway, so they, this person wrote in and they said, um, when I've seen YouTube videos of you and interviews and stuff, you genuinely seem so cool and engaged and funny. Are you aware of this or are you thinking at the time that it's going horribly? I was wondering if you'd maybe be able to share any tips on the pod, shod, basically how to function and be okay in social settings and like your thoughts on this really. Like, would you say it's improved by anything like meds or meditation? Um, And have you ever gone through phases where you felt more socially awkward than others? Okay, so um, good questions. So Heidi, shout out Heidi. So, um, well, first of all, the first thing to remember Um, if you ever see me in any public setting, um, is that it's going to be most likely affiliated with like, like attention to my writing. Like basically it's like, this is like my dream scenario. You know what I'm saying? It's like, this is, if, if someone's interviewing me or like if I'm on like a video or like at a book signing or like doing a thing, if I'm like doing a thing, like if I'm not laying in my bed, which I also very much enjoy, but, um, and it's kind of just like, I just, it's like, I don't want to get out of the bed and I don't want to be in the bed actually lately. Like I do want to be in the bed, but I kind of, when I'm in the bed, like I'm just like, I don't know, but, um, it's very, I don't know. I guess, I guess this is what they call depression. 
This is what they call depressors. Anyway, so, but you have to remember, okay, so if you ever see me in, like, a public sphere, it's like, I am so fucking excited, like, it is external validation. Like somebody on the outside is taking enough interest in me to either like pay me to be somewhere or like think my work is interesting enough that like they want to talk about it, which is like, as a writer, that's like a fucking dream. Like this is the shit you like dream about as a kid when you're like as a writer, you know, it's like that you're going to like touch people enough that they're going to want to like talk to you about your shit. So it's like, it's coming from a very different place than, you know, it's coming from a place of sort of a, a false, I wouldn't say false, but it's coming from like a higher self-esteem place. Like I'm groovy. Like I am high. When you see me in all those situations, I'm high. I am high on external validation. You know, like when I'm on a book tour, I'm fucking high. I mean, unless like no one shows up, but like, I'm like, wait, the, you're here to see me. Like, I'm going to give the people what they want, you know, like, cause it's starting from a place of like, wait, you love me. It's starting from, so, it, so anytime you really see me doing anything like public performative, it's like, you know, I'm like, I'm trying and I'm like trying in a way that is like, it feels like I'm talking to like a reception of love. So it's, it's, it's a complete opposite of like the opposite of that. Like the most opposite I can think of, um, is when I think about like middle school, um, eighth grade, that old year when, um, like my best friend, um, just decided she was like, I got back in the summer, I got back to school and my best friend just decided she was going to be best friends with someone else. And then like all the girls in my, like in our little group just like decided I like, I was just no longer like to be really like considered a person, you know, like I was just no longer there, you know, like I just was no longer worth knowing, like I was just no longer there. And so Every time I spoke, I was like so conscious of everything coming out of my mouth. And I was so conscious of what people's reactions were too. And like, if I said something, you know, I was a clown. So like, if I said something that I was like trying to be funny, first of all, I wasn't even as good at being funny. Cause as much as like a lot of my humor does come from misery, it comes from a misery that I feel I am in control of the narrative of. But when like, everyone has decided they just don't like, it wasn't even just don't like me. Like that was a, that was number one. But number two was like that I didn't even exist. You know, like I just didn't exist anymore. No longer exist. Don't exist. So when, when people, you know, when I was like everything that came out of my mouth, I was like inspecting and like scared. Like it was all coming from a place of fear. And I don't really, I've used fear to kind of like, like I've used fear and I'll talk about this actually a little more like the energy of fear. I found some ways to use fear to like, like if I'm like, like I went through a period of when I was doing readings where like I was going through a period of really bad panic attacks and it was after I'd had like a series of panic attacks. I remember the first time I ever did a reading where someone paid me to do a reading. It was at a college. Um, in Albany and it was like a 40 minute reading. And I was like, Oh my God, you know, uh, immediately. If I was, if I had a dick, I'd never get it up. Like my performance anxiety, like, cause basically I feel like I don't deserve anything. And so the fact that they were pet, this college was paying me this honorarium. Um, I felt like 
I was like, oh my God, now I have, like, I can't just like stop in the middle or like, I have to be like good. And after that, and I had a, I had a really bad panic attack while I was reading and I kept going. I just kept going. You know, I faked it until I made it, which I think that like fake it till you make it is something that I do to kind of like remembering that like no one really knows what I'm feeling. Also remembering that people are much more interested in themselves. People are thinking about themselves. That is like a very good tip for like social situations. It's a sad thing. It's like, oh wait, no one like is cares or is is like paying that much attention to me. So it's like sad. I think, I think sometimes like my anxiety and and even like social awkwardness comes from a, it's a very self-centered place. It's a negative self-centered place, but it's like, um, it comes from a place of sort of like people, people care, people are invested. People aren't that invested. People are thinking about themselves. That's the number, that's the number one rule of social awkwardness. I think people are thinking about themselves. Okay. Um, but so, um, but so like the fake it till you make it thing, like no, nobody knew in that situation that I was, um, like I, I, I sort of, what, I'm trying to remember what, how the anxiety manifested in that situation. I was, I wasn't that far from home cause I was living in New York city, but I was still a couple of hours. And I, when I get panic attacks in like those situations, also I had to like sleep over in the town. Like I just felt like I just need to get home, but I didn't really know even where home was. Home was some place that like was not accessible even within myself in that moment. You know, like everything felt very decontextualized. That's like my anxiety can manifest in sort of like a decontextual where like, I just, I feel like there's no ground beneath me. And so that's how that was. But I managed to get through and, and the way that I got through it was by like faking it till I made it. And a lot of times in life, I'm like faking it till I make it, but I don't know if I'd recommend that. Like, I don't know. Like I do smile a lot in, and I think that gets you like far. Like I like when people smile, you know, like when people aren't smiling, I immediately assume they hate me, you know, cause I assume everything's about me. So But I think part of me, I do smile a lot. Like, I think I'm just naturally, like, that's just what my musculature, like, it's just something, like, I'm wired. But I also think, like, as a kid, I really must have discovered at some point that, like, if you smile, then, like, people aren't, people don't ask, people, like, think you're okay. They assume you're okay. Like, you get left alone, you know? And, like, it's sort of very, it's disarming. It's just, like, in a way, like, a smile, as much as it can be a bridge to intimacy, it can equally be like a barrier to intimacy, to genuine intimacy. It's like, I'm okay. I'm okay. And so with the fake it till you make it thing, like while I think that it's a good thing to consider in like a panic situation, like in a moment where you're like, oh my God, everyone knows. No one knows. No one has any idea what's going on inside of you. Like, I wish that I had the self-esteem to just like let myself be more blah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wish I had like the self-esteem to just trust that like I'm enough, even if I'm not like bells and whistles, like I am entertaining you. I'm smiling. Everything's fine. You know, it's like, I'm so scared of letting anyone see that I have a need or vulnerability because then like, what if that needs rejected? And then I'm a loser and vulnerable. Like I'd rather just I'd rather just like feign that like, no, I'm okay. I'm self-contained. I'm a self-contained universe. I don't need anything. It's fine. I'm a self-contained universe. It's all good. Need nothing. So like, I think that 
while faking it till you make it and being like, everything's okay. So it's all good. It's all good. Um, is a good way to like cope in a, in a crisis, like remembering that, like, you know, how you feel versus like how you appear, like, like no one knows. I kind of wish that I was able to more, like, I'll be doing, like, like, I'll be, like, like, I remember when I was doing some of the interviews for the So Sad Today book, I was, like, okay, it's a book about anxiety and depression, and I was, like, what if I, like, I, I was doing, I remember doing, like, this all-day interview with a journalist, and we went to CVS, and I don't usually have that thing where I'm afraid that, like, the thing I'm eating or drinking is poisoned, but, like, I suddenly, like, my breath caught, and as soon as, like, something happens with my breathing, then I'll be, like, oh, my God, what's wrong, what's wrong, and, like, spin out, and then, like, I was, like, I'm dying, and I was, like, why am I dying, and I was, like, oh, my God, is this diet cherry soda, like, 99 cent brand CVS soda like poison like have I been poisoned you know like I was looking for like the threat and I was like oh no she can't know I've been poisoned like I might be dying but I don't want her to know and it's like well I'm I'm literally doing an interview about anxiety like I'm doing an interview like wouldn't it be okay to let her know that like I think I'm dying like wouldn't that be the right time but yet no because I need to, I, I need to control the narrative. You know, I don't want to be seen. I'm scared to be seen. So fake it till you make it. Sure. You know, that is, that is a thing, but it's like, I don't know if in the end, like, I feel like that can contribute to one sense of isolation and depression because it's like, like even like with therapists, you know, like I never, like I'd be talking to my therapist about like really like personal, intimate, historical shit, but I'm like, I don't, like, I can't tell them I'm having a panic attack because, like, well, also, like, won't it hurt their feelings that I, like, don't feel, like, safe in this? And Like, I've had so many panic attacks in front of therapists, like, while talking about hypothetical panic attacks and, like, not been able to be, like, I'm having one right now, you know? So, I don't know. It would be nice to be able to be more, like, have the insides and the outsides match up a little more, you know, like, I feel like maybe it's okay to, like, I don't know, isn't there some, there's some, like, fucking, like, TED Talk person who's always, I don't know, like, I have, I have a couple friends who are always, like, I don't know, they're just, they're, I have a couple friends who are, like, very, very, like, not even, I don't even want to say New York Times, because it's, like, beyond that, it's, like, they're very, like, TED Talky, you know, like, they're very, like, like, podcast like like biohack like and they're always talking they're always talking about like you know this this one woman's like she's talking about like vulnerable like she's like it's like vulnerability tm you know what i'm saying like vulnerability copyright like 20 whatever and i'm just like mm. like vulnerability as a product you know she's like marketing it as a product um but it would you know or like authenticity I've, I've talked about how much how much that word annoys me like authenticity copyright 2017 you know just like the my anyone who says like my authentic self I want to be more authentic like I'm just like mm, like you're like you're you don't have a you don't have a chance baby you don't have a chance language is costume but so yes yeah, so the fake it till you make it now one thing I have I, I mentioned this I have learned that you know like it with in terms of like like stage Friday type stuff like after I went, after I experienced that thing, I'm like, after I went through, cause it's really, it's not much to go through. Um, but like after I experienced, you know, that Albany thing. And then like every time I got on stage to read, thought I was going to die, um, for a period of time, 
um, after that happened, I did like learn to reframe a little bit, like the jitters, like the, the, like, because basically it's like, I'll feel a jitter and I'm like, Oh my God, here it comes. It's coming. Here it comes. And then like, of course, you know, and then the narrative around it is like full of terror. Um, so I did learn to kind of reframe the jitters and be like, this is excitement and kind of use them like be like this is excitement like you can use a jitter you can use a jitter there's more sort of about that technique there's a there's an ebook that I love um I wrote about it in the so sad today vice column um it's this book called panic away and he talks about like welcoming and inviting the panic and that got me through like some harrowing times um you know ultimately for me it's like such a full recipe like it really takes a village like meditation yes meditation has helped because it gives me um well first of all it like gives me like in the morning sort of like more like like a set point like it's like a a memory of like a place like almost like a body memory of a place that like wait actually like things can be you know, there's like a, like a, a pause, like a baseline of pause, you know? And I've also been able to like use my mantra to kind of like, when my mind is going like a mile a minute to like kind of free myself from like the prison of my own diatribe, diatribe. So like meditation has definitely helped in that sense. I also, like I've said that I think that like the, the, once I really, like went from doing 10 minutes of meditation a day to doing 20 minutes twice a day, that's definitely helped my anxiety. And so with that, like if I start from sort of a more base set point, like where I'm having less panic attacks, then I'm less afraid of having panic attacks. So it, that has helped with my social anxiety for sure. Um, but you know, like it's not just one thing, like where would I be without meds? I don't know, probably dead, you know, like can't really socialize that well when I'm dead. Um, as much as like death sometimes sounds like so nice. Um, but so it's like, yes, like all of the, it's been like sort of like, I found that it's, it's really, it's like, it takes a recipe, you know, like it takes like a full, like it's, it's not just, there's no like one thing. Um, but if you are still, you know, I know it's not just middle school, like when you have like friends and you feel like you're like suddenly like being judged. I just had a dream the other night that, um, I was in college and like, um, my friends were all like had decided to get a house together and like, I was like living alone and like the rejection of that, you know, now I'm like, Oh, all I want is to live alone. But you know, things that the nice thing about getting older are, I think if you do like a little of the work, cause look, we can make anything into a God, right? Like we can easily make friends into a God. We can make career into a God. We can make, I do it all the time. I make shit into gods all the time. But I, well, one thing that I don't, I don't make into a God as much anymore is like my little like group, group of friends, you know, like group of, sorry, I just passed a cop. Um, he gave me a weird look. Um, He's like, fuck you for not needing a friend group. Um, but like, you know, it's like the, like the clicks. Like I, I still, like, I still want to be cool. You know, I think maybe a little less, like I think some of that has, has faded, but, but that, that has for me, that is one thing I've gotten a little relief from is like needing, like needing my like circle of people to be like, 
intact and like everybody getting along and like the politics of that, you know, like it's kind of, it's chill. That has chilled out. Thank fucking God that has chilled out some. Um, so yeah, so using the fear and then just like cognitive behavioral therapy techniques, you know, like the thing where I've talked about, this can be used in social situations, like where I give like the feeling that I have a number and then like, like, let's say I'm feeling like, oh my God, oh my God, what's going on? Like, I'm scared. I feel like freaked out. I feel like an asshole. Like you're such a fucking idiot. And then like all the worst terrors, you know, about that, like the kind of monologue that I'll spin about like what the catastrophic results are going to be. Um, what I'll do is I'll like give those sort of thoughts and feelings about the feeling a number and then I'll give like the initial feeling a number, you know? So it's usually like the initial feeling is only like a five of, you know, like that feeling of terror and nervousness. And it's like, okay, I can handle that. But then like the, the thoughts and feelings about that, like the terror of the terror, the doom scenario, the doom narrative about the doom, it, that's like a nine, you know? And, and when I can kind of like quantify it like that, like when I can be like, oh, okay, well, actually, I really only have to be feeling a five. Like the nine is not, the nine is my own added shit then that helps to like separate out, like to not have to have like thoughts and feelings about the feelings, like to just have them. That can, that's definitely something that can be helpful. Or, um, another one of my favorite CBT techniques is the old kicking of the can where I'm like, okay, I'm not allowed to worry about this until like, and then I pick a day and I'm like Sunday, Sunday, I like I, at four o'clock PM or I'll just pick like a, you know, a random, like I'll just pick a time. And I'm like, Sunday four, from 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock p.m., I can obsess about this as much as I want. But right now in this situation, like, nope, not allowed. And, like, every time my mind goes there, nope. Like, I'm just, I just sort of, like, be that, like, that, like, kind and just parent to myself that I, like, don't really, like, naturally know how to be. And because I'm usually more like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You know, like usually I'm more like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You're so like my, like the parent that like naturally lives inside of me, like, you know, the mothering, the self mothering is like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You're so fucked. You're doomed. Everybody's going to fucking know what a loser, like every, you're just, you're, you, everyone's going to know you're what, what is wrong with you? Like you're so fucked. That's basically like kind of the echo. So it's like, and and, it, and, I, and I don't even remember in those situations that there can be a voice that's like, wait, like maybe you're not fucked. But sometimes I can kind of like lock into like a quantifying, like, okay, how, like what what is the feeling right now? Give it a number. Okay, what is the feeling about the feeling? Give it a number. And that'll just sort of like dismantle or distract my thoughts about about myself. But yeah, so it's hard. So just know that when you see me like appearing cool, calm and collected, like... I wouldn't say it's all fake, but I'm definitely, like, either, like, really high on the fact that, like, I have, like, achieved at least some, like, level of something that I could, like, if I have to, like, see an ex, an ex-boyfriend and their baby, like, be like, yeah, well, like, this is happening for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like that, that, like, so I'm in, like, a good, like, I'm kind of, like, riding on that good adrenaline, like, know that. Or like that it is sort of like there might be a lot of terror underneath and like you're just not seeing it, you know, I think is kind of um, 
the bottom line. And I, and I don't know, you know, I don't know if it's better to just like fake it or like TED talk vulnerability, it, you know, or maybe, but I, I think that even like when I confess to vulnerability or like, I mean so much, like I do talk about like terrors and weaknesses and stuff, but it's still framed by narrative. Like I'm still so afraid to just let myself like fall you know, to like, be like, ah, I need help. Or like, I'm not okay in this moment. Or like, like I'm scared for others to feel uncomfortable for me or scared for me. Like I'm scared to show a weakness where I'm not like, okay, like, like, you know, yes, I'm struggling with depression, but I've got it. I've got it. Like, ha ha ha. Here's the dance. You know, I still haven't gotten to that place in my life where, um, you know, where I'm like, I don't know. And that's why, like, I've had times where the other day I was running, um, I went for a run in Santa Monica. Um, I had to run some errands in Santa Monica. And so I went for a run and I like tripped and fell on the promenade, which is like the very touristy area. Um, and there were like this crowd of tourists from another country. They didn't speak English. I don't know exactly where they were from, but like crowded around, like everybody was taking pictures of, I don't know what they were taking pictures of, like urban outfitters or whatever. Um, or like, I don't know, like a, like, <laughs> like ALO yoga. They were all taking pictures of like Lululemon, you know, like, like the, one of the great wonders of the world. Um, and I just like tripped and fell right in front of them and like fell, like ate it. And, like, I was like, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay, you know, because I didn't want the help. But then there was, like, for a second, like, laying there on the ground, there was something kind of nice. It was like I was forced to just let it go. And they were all like, oh, my God, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, they I, they didn't speak English. I don't know what language it was. But, like, I was like, I'm fine, I'm fine, in, like, a language they didn't understand. And, like, but, you know, I, I did the universal signal for, like, it's okay. Like, please don't draw attention to this. Like, I'm embarrassed enough as it is, you know, the universal signal for, like, like, you know, I was, I was taught at a very young age not to express my needs because then they could be rejected. So, you know, that the universal symbol for that. So, um, but there was like something nice about it. Um, and the same thing happened. I tripped running, like, I guess like a couple years ago and I hurt my wrist and I remember I had to go to the hospital just to like get everything checked out. Everything was fine. Um, but I remember just laying on like the little like examination bed before like the nurse came in and I was like, this is really nice. Like I was like, I like, this is just so nice. Like I don't have to do anything. Like I don't have to be in control. Like this is great. Like, yeah, like forced vulnerability. Cause that's really the only, or like forced sort of submission. Um, you know, it was like really nice. So on that note, uh, wishing you a week of pleasurable vulnerability. Copyright 20, 2010. Uh, and I will see you on the flip side. That is all. Bye-bye.